right, here we go. Episode 8 of the Bald Guy Beer Reviews. I'm your host, Alan. With me is my co-host, Chris. Today, we fancy ourselves some judges. We got a lineup of blind IPA taste testing for you. What do you think about this, Chris? Well, I hope everyone agrees with my opinion. I've uh, brought out my Budweiser King of Beers Roosevelt shirt for the occasion. Still I no am video. A fan of the shirt. Fan of the shirt. We may have to eventually just post a picture of your attire because you are dressed quite nicely. Yes. Uh, so, in honor of ta- IPA tasting, I'm going with the King of Beers T-shirt. It is totally not appropriate, but uh, I'm excited. I think that um, you know, judging the IPAs, every brewery makes makes a New England IPA. Many breweries have like literally s- several versions on tap. Um, you know, a lot of them critics, New England IPA critics or non fanboys, uh, are they're they're a vocal few, but when they when they get vocal they're all like, Oh, it's just yellow beer and well, at as I see five different New England IPAs lined up, I yeah, I'm hearing the criticism. They they are they are quite similar looking, I'll say that, with just barely different shades. You know, you get a couple that are the borderline translucent, clear but the good majority here we got is hazy, and we actually planned ahead this time, and we have all five today that we will be tasting. We do not know which number is which. We're going to score them all as we go and we talk about them, but we do know the five beers we are tasting today. Yeah, so if you're a science nerd, I'm probably going to get this wrong, and I didn't do any prior research because— This is not a double blind. Right, so double blind would be someone else had bought it, someone else poured them, and then someone else brought them to us numbered. We bought them, so we know what we bought. Yes. Uh, We did not uh, number them. And we hid them during the pouring, so we couldn't see. We, we basically wrapped all the cans, so we didn't know what we were pouring into what. Exactly. Um, and everything we're trying today is available, local distribution, or I think in one case, you have to cross the border into Massachusetts to get it via distribution there. But everything here, if you like what we say, you want to try it, write down to your nearest bottle shop, package store, whatever you'd like to call it. Or in some cases, the brewery is not that far away, and you can head right over. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, New England IPA, one of the probably probably like the most dominant popular style. A lot of breweries have basically made their whole name off of these. Uh, even in New Hampshire, we've got a couple of breweries where I think that that's pretty much what they're, what they're known for. I yeah. mean, I think every brewery makes a, a, a pretty wide variety like they keep a pretty wide portfolio but you're not all the other stuff that they have you're not like writing home about you no, know I, I feel like the ipa is driving you there and then maybe you're leaving you know with the pilsner the stout the sour you know i know other people are more passionate about the stouts or the sours and that might be why they go there but the vast majority of the patronage is heading there for the ipas yeah, and you know what? Here's the other thing too. Small caveat, I guess. While we're judging these IPAs, by no means is this our overall impression of any of these breweries. Number one, and number two, I would say if you're gonna go to a primary, like if you're an IPA fanboy, like one of uh, one of our ginger-headed listeners, I'm calling you out. You know, you know <laughs> what brewery you're a fanboy of. But I would say it's best to judge a brewery if, especially if that's their main deal, and they've obviously doing that very well. 
I would say judge them by their other styles and how good those are. Yeah. So like usually, again, if you have a really talented brewer and brewing team, I don't think it's going to be hard to make a, a wide variety. Of no, styles. I agree with you. And, and I almost guarantee you some of these are using similar hops and this is going to be the rating system here is the ball guy beer review rating. We got, we got it up there. We're not going to go over the whole thing again, but essentially, you know, it's going to be based on the taste profile of the taster. Some people like one variety of hops a little more than the other. I have a friend that if he sees Sabro in the name, he is immediately deducting points from it in his head and he's in his head already telling himself why he's not going to like it. But that's the preferences there. You know, everybody's going to have that little flavor combination they like a little better. Same reason why someone likes orange versus somebody likes peach versus somebody likes apricot. And as we learned in one of the previous episodes, orange rind tastes like shit. Yeah, 0. 0.25. <laughs> 0.25. All right. So, hey, um, I guess we can we can dig in. Do you want to give out the uh, beers we're trying right now? Because we know them. Do you want to inform the audience of them? No, and, I think we could be a mystery, okay. mystery review. Sounds good. We'll mystery probably... review. We'll reveal them at the end, and maybe we'll shoot up a little information about them or where you can find them and stuff like that if you like what we hear. Yeah, and if you're checking out the Instagram post, you'll probably see the picture of the beers anyway. So if, yeah. you, if you follow one of those links, you'll be like, oh, I saw one of those cans. I recognize that beer. So Spoiler we're, we're working alert, on, on having more cans for more pitcher variety for some of the pitcher haters out there. But our game's slowly stepping up. I like how so... So glassware, I'm going to go with, this is very cool. Alan's got some uh, two sets, uh, different sets of tasters. So my set of tasters kind of looks like um, the Sam Adams. Yeah, or, or even like the Guinness pipe, but miniature versions. Yeah, yeah. So those are my tasting glasses. And then Alan has like those traditional like kind of goblet style uh, with the circular base. Yes. We got to get video on this, man. Yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to do it up. Um, you know, and we... Speaking of this now, I probably should have taken a picture of these, but you know, I'll, right. we'll, re we'll redo this at the end, and maybe you'll see what can happen. All for next time. Further planning. Yeah. So I'm into number one. It's Let's see. I'm just going to – So I'm gonna telling you it. right now, just looking at them, number one probably looks mostly like my style of beer just from looks. Getting real big aromas coming off of it. Yeah, it was very aromatic. I remember so when we cracked this can, again, not the best double blind or not the best. It's not it's not double blind, but not the best no. blind taste test. I don't know what beer it is off the top of my head. Uh, I'm probably not going to guess any of these beers off the top of my head, but I will say that that one, like as soon as I cracked the can and started pouring, like I could smell the hop aroma. It's like kind of uh, orangey. Yeah. I and I will say that I personally have had all five of the beers we're trying prior to this. When the last time I've had them, you. No, I, I yeah. hadn't tried a couple of the ones I brought, and my plan was, but this episode got slightly delayed, and, you know, beer sitting in a beer fridge, you're going to get drunk. Yeah, it tends to happen. I think that's what its purpose is there for, actually, so. I concur with you. Like, I'm getting a lot of citrus notes here, and, like, a small little bit of bitterness on the end, but not unpleasant. Yeah. Um, no, I'm. it's drinking very smooth. I like the, the carbonation level and the mouthfeel. Um I'm getting some some sweetness from the malt, uh, some sweet breadiness yeah. on the back end. That's what I'm getting. Uh, yeah, that would probably be where I'm coming with the bitter. I knew it wasn't like it wasn't one of the fragrant citrus notes. It was finishing a different way. The one thing that I'll say though is this one, um, this one doesn't stay with you. It kind of fades pretty yeah. quick on your tongue. Not not that it has to like 
stick with you all the time. I'm not saying that's like a marker of like an amazing IPA and that it needs that. But sometimes I almost prefer when it doesn't, especially when you have the full pour, it makes it a little more drinkable. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of those really rich flavor lingers, I'll find myself sitting a little longer and it really slows you drinking down, which can be a positive. Yeah. And so when, when we're talking about IPAs, you know, I've mentioned it before on the show, uh, this still isn't going to be the episode where we get super in depth, but one of the things that can ruin IPAs is how old it is. Y'all already know about my eight week rule. Um, but that's for, for this stuff that we're talking about right now. So, right. So like I might rate one lower because if it becomes fully oxidized, and you'll, you can start to see that sometimes, especially if you've had the beer before. You pour it, and it's looking a little darker. You know, It's turning from that yellow to maybe like that brownish yellow or darker orange. That's yeah, or one gray. of the signs. Yeah. yeah, or yeah, if it's outright gray, then that means it's definitely oxidized. Yeah, I, I don't... I don't, you know, I'm not going to say none that of them are is. looking straight up oxidized just out of the sight. But I mean, some of them are the darker shade towards orange. But I think that's the general I would say preference. this one's probably somewhere. I don't know. We can look at the bottom of the can later, see if there's a date on it. I didn't want to give them the away. ones I had were out of December. OK, so if it was if it, if it is one of those, some ones, of them, then it's definitely right in that perfect sweet. Some of them window. were early December, some were middle December. Um, and one, I couldn't read the can date on the bottom. I, I remember that much. Yeah, well, either way, it definitely is in that sweet spot there. So I'm going to go. The the first one's always going to be the toughest because I. Everyone's going to be judged off that. So, you know, if you give the first one the banger. Yeah. No, it's not a banger to me. Everything's going to be rated off. And it's certainly not in the eight range for me. I know that for sure. I'm not even going to the sevens Uh, on this one. I'm I'm probably going to be in the sevens. I just don't know exactly where. I don't think it's it's certainly not that upper echelon. Yeah, I was I was going six six with this one. You going six six? I was yeah. coming in at seven one on this. Yeah. Um, just I mean the the fl- the scent, the aroma, and the the looks really like drew me to this one. Um, and then I was getting a flavor profile that I that I like particularly in the IPAs. Yeah. All right. So next up. All right, we're gonna go with number two here. Uh, number two. Number two. I I don't know if it's getting the point. If only we had some Sterling Street for. uh, Well, we will bring it back. It will be back. You hear that, Mike? If you're if you're listening to this episode, you're coming back. We will have you back. I'm not asking with the Sterling Street. We're we're telling. We might just show up there with the ball guy beer review crew, which is us, by (laughs) the way. Possibly the fiance and wife. Yeah, possibly. Maybe a dog. If you allow that. I think they do. They, I believe they said they did. Yes. I don't know. This one definitely. All right. So we'll play a little game here. Right off the bat, are you going to rate this higher or lower? lower? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going lower. definitely lower. It's, yeah. it's 100% lower. And that that's the thing. When you start comparing IPAs and you're drinking them in series, it's immediately apparent which ones are better and which ones are not. Mm. If you drink them like day to day, you have that flavor memory, but it's not always right there to compare it. But anytime I've ever had a lineup like this, I'm immediately going to tell you a ranking of all of them as I try. Well, right. Because you're, you're literally seeing what pops. Yeah. Like 
I don't remember any aroma coming off of this pour at all. And again, I it's actually not like my nose that, is right in it. But. No, I, I put my nose right in the glass, and I was saying that to myself, that I really wasn't getting a huge aroma from it. Mm. Number one had that almost like brewery smell. You know, when you walk in the door, you crack that can, and you're getting that oh, aroma Oh, I'll tell you what beer. brewery smell that is. That had the same kind of smell. So, like, Was that a Portland smell for you? Uh, maybe, perhaps. But when you, when you dump – so – when you dump all the hops out of the bottom of a, of a conical fermenter, a lot of breweries will do that under pressure. But surprisingly, it doesn't come out too fast, especially when you're kind of manually controlling the, the valve there. But when those hops are like pouring out onto the floor, like into the drain, you got to get them to get to beer, right? So you can, yeah. so you can package the beer or transfer the beer, um, depending on whether you're doing a unitank or not. But when you're pulling those, man, the hop aroma is unbelievable in the brewery. And it's a very distinct, different smell, obviously, than the actual like when a, when a brewer's mashing in, it, that smells different. Um, but this has like no pop to it. I tell you, it's going to be interesting to see what these ones are, um, especially like blind. Cause like I had my guesses for which some of these were, and I had ratings in my head for some of the ones I thought of. And I, I couldn't tell you what's what right now. Honestly. So, you know, shout out to our future guest going to be upcoming here in March. Alex Cartjala really, he sent Alex sent me a message. He really wants to get into IPAs because he claims that a lot of breweries aren't really doing the, the NEPA any justice. And let me tell you something. I don't know if it was a packaging problem, if it's just too old. And that's why, so this is what I'm talking about when an IPA kind of starts to flatten out. Like I, I, as I drink this, I'm like, Hmm, this might've been good at one time. And, I don't know. And depending on which one it is, you know, we might have a little more insight from trying it before, but right now, it's certainly not popping. Um, it's, it's. I I wouldn't pour it down the drain. I'll I'll say that much. No, I drink the and four pack. I drink I drink them all. I'd be I probably wouldn't repeat the purchase right now. But if it was on draft, I'd give it a shot there again. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you this one. I'm I'm going like way lower than the first one. Well, see, this is this is where this is where. I scored slightly higher than you and you scored in the middle. So now you're, you're like stuck. You, there's nowhere for this to go, but below six, six. Yeah. I'm telling you, I know where I'm going to score this one and I'm coming in right where you were at 6.6.5 lower than my previous score. All right. So, all right. Alan's in at 6.6. I'm going to go, you know, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to, you know, bottom this out in the basement i'm also not going to follow the the 0.5 lower i'm just going to go six yeah i, I didn't feel like necessarily had to be 0.5 lower i just that's where no no i understand thing. but i'm just trying to explain yeah, that i'm not I trying to you. copy you because you said it and then i'm like oh that's a good idea i'll just, <laughs> <laughs> just fair i'll stay fair. on brand i'll stay on yeah brand. fair um yeah so all right so we're through two we're through two we got three more to go here we go all right. into number three the first three were definitely the darker hued of the five, uh, more towards like your orange, um, definitely the haze, and the last two are more yellow, less haze. Yeah, so they're less opaque, right? They're, yeah. they're all still opaque. Like I cannot see through them. But like oh, exactly. This, this one, so I'm trying to be descriptive because we don't have video. And even if we did have video, I don't know how they would we'll, see this. We'll throw some pictures up. but um, This I one I can barely see the shadows of my fingers. Through, yeah. But I can see through to where my fingers are. Yeah, I, I would still drive in this weather. Uh, the first two, I think I would stay in the house. Yes. Yeah. So, 
same thing with number two. I'm not getting a lot of aroma off this one, but I'll tell you I'm getting a bigger flavor punch from the drinking versus number two. At least personally to me. Yeah, so for these hops, so this is the type of IPA that I typically, so when I go haze, haze bros, I go all in. I'm all in about like that orange, tangerine, citrus, can't see through it, hazy as hell, you know, sharp, thick, white, foamy head. Like that's the, that's the New England IPA that I'm a huge fan of. Yep. But on the other end of the spectrum, you have those like dank. And this one's like a dank Nipa. Yeah, which, it's more towards the dank than I would say the the super bright. So it's it's still I would say this one's pretty good. I like it, but it's just not. I'm not a fan of this particular Nipa style. So that's gonna hurt this one. But I definitely think that this one is better than the second one. So oh, right, I, for for sure, I'm I'm 100 with you on the. I'm second at one three one. two right now, in my order of ranking. So I still yeah, like I'm, number one. I'm the still, best. it's this one for me is a lot closer to one, but one's still better to me. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. My score is kind of hemming me in here a little bit. Yeah. So, with with this one being said, you know, I I based on how I'm going to score this, I feel like it's definitely better. Like if you put this next to number two, I'm going to pick number three every time. Yeah. Um, even though this is not at exactly my favorite flavor profile, um, number two, if it was punched up more, I think I would have enjoyed it better. But I think I'm going to go in. This one to me is a 6.9. All right. Just under the top one, but far enough above number two where there's a distinction. All right. 6.9er. Nice. I'm going to go. Hmm. I mean, I got to put it right up, right up close to number one. This is very close. I'm just not a fan of the dank. So I'm going to go 6.5. See, I was, I was almost there. I was almost going to go 0.1 under. But I just felt like I had to go a little bit lower. I feel like I'm. I feel there. like I'm forced to go point one under because again, it's just not my preference. Yeah. So I'm just not going to give it the nod. No, I agree with you. That's that's. There's certain hop combinations that I do not enjoy. I'll feel like it's a pleasing beer, but I just can't score it that high because those hops yeah. just are not me. And so hold on, I'm going to do a real quick check right here. So we're about 20 minutes into the episode, and we're already in a three. We poured these just before we began recording. Yeah. So the beer has been sitting out for 20 minutes. So maybe that's taken away from some of the aromatics. These are it just, could be for sure. Just some things in our methodology that maybe you can, you know, I don't think that anybody at home is going to be like, oh, my, like all 13 listeners. I think we picked up one last week. Um, we're actually, Chris, I don't know the Spotify numbers, but Instagram, we broke 50. Wow. Yes. Unbelievable. That was big news. Yeah, so definitely a 6.5 for me. So I'm going to, you know, kind of pause this right here and take a quick break for for a discussion because I think it's warranted and I kind of want to foreshadow our episode with Alex. Love to, can't wait to to get to drinking some beer with them. So we're in this small break. Uh, we're going hit to a, hit a quick little transition break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about some dissolved oxygen. Sounds good. And we're back. So, oxygen in the brewing process. So, if anybody who brews beer is in the industry listens to this, they're probably going to think that I'm a bozo, but I will do my best in my <laughs> in my rudimentary understanding. You don't need to like as as the home drinker. You don't need to know the hundred percent science. You just have to know dissolved oxygen exists and it is a problem specifically in New England IPAs, but all styles it can affect. Right. So I'm going to try to keep this as concise as possible. 
So oxygen is beer's friend, and then it's its biggest enemy. So essentially, when a brewer brews beer, he takes grain, he puts it into warm water, and that's called mashing. It converts the sugars in the grain to fermentable sugars, and, and pre-fermented beer is not called beer, it's called wort, W-O-R-T, wort. And so the brewer knocks, and they'll add hops in the boiling process at various times. We won't get into that right now. Because to me, that's not the key to the New England IPA. Even though hops are added, that's not the key. Time, temperature, it's, it's, every brewery is going to do it slightly different because they all have their own methods. Right. And so then they rapidly cool this wort. They send it to the fermenter, and they begin fermenting. And then there's a certain point in the fermenting process, again, without going into depth, it's called high croissant. So that's pretty much when, well, I don't really know. It's called high croissant. <laughs> and this is a point at which you add dry hops. So what dry hopping is, is essentially the beer is actively fermenting and you just dump a shit ton of hops into the beer as it's fermenting, right? And so this is what separates the New England IPA from traditional IPAs is this dry hopping at high croissant. If you want to look that up on Reddit and deep dive, they're going to do probably the Redditors are going to do a better job than this bald guy. The dry hopping is also one of the reasons your prices for your IPAs are higher than your other beers because hops are not cheap. No, they are not. And they are limited in quantities and they are scarce for certain types in certain years, depending on how the growing went, because that's a farmer's kind of thing. So that's a supply chain issue. Welcome to COVID. There's probably some stuff you probably heard about this. Anyways, continuing on. This is one of the points, though, where oxygen begins to be bad for beer. So when you're dry hopping, you don't want to introduce oxygen. That's one of the points you can because you're opening up the closed fermentation to the outside atmosphere. So anyway, I digress. We move on. Now the beer gets transferred. When a beer transfers from one tank to another, it goes through a hose. You can pick up oxygen there. Not good. That's if they do that. Sometimes breweries will dump the off the bottom until they get clear beer and they'll package right off. That's called unitanking. So when they package right off the fermenter, that's called a unitank. And a lot of breweries use this method. But if they don't, they'll go to what's called a bright tank. So essentially they're getting it off of the remnants of the fermentation process, which is called trube, T-R-U-B, trube. All right. In just case I'm not enunciating properly. So you can, <laughs> and also so you can look it up because if you don't know how to spell it, like. If Chris spells anything wrong, rate him a 0.25. Well, I think I'm automatic. That's where I start. So maybe 0. 0.15? 0. 0.25. Okay. Well, anyways, so then the beer goes to what, whether it stays in the tank or goes to another tank, then it gets packaged from there. And that's when the most dissolved oxygen can come into play. And so the beer is either canned or it is bottled. Um, it is either forced carbonated or it is naturally carbonated. And there's differences in those, and those can affect dissolved oxygen. For example, I know this because I knew a couple of guys that work there. Main Beer Company. Everybody likes Main Beer Company, particularly the beer, the IPA Dinner. Very good beer, right? So Main Beer Company bottles their beer, and they naturally carbonate. So they're basically putting flat beer into the bottles with carbonation sugar. It's mixed in, and it's a pre-mix and whatever. And then they let that ferment close in the bottle, produces CO2, which has nowhere to go because it's in a bottle. So it gets forced into the solution. But what does uh, fermentation eat? It eats oxygen. So your dissolved oxygen levels are great in naturally carbonated beers. So that's why your main beer company bottles have a great shelf life. So so bottles, that's one of the pluses of bottles. Bottles was originally the go-to for craft beers. A lot of people had joined the party late. Everybody thinks, you know, 
tall boys that's 16 ounces that's the the way and they don't understand why some of these companies like main beer and a few of the other ones out there do bottles but bottles was the original og and you know you can do things like that um exeter beer company also bottles and they condition on them so sometimes you'll hear you know they'll call it bottle conditioning waiting Mm -hmm. for it and that's the same thing we're talking about there and it's why you can have that beer a little bit better and it's another thing there can be problems with that if the capping and everything like that oxygen can come in but main beer company you know they're the og they're out there they've helped other companies set up their bottling lines um, they know what they're doing there, and that's why their beer is top-notch and it lasts. Yeah, so I think you brought up a great point with the bottle conditioning. They're not That's not bottle aging. They are not aging that. That is not the purpose of that. The no. bottle con- – when somebody – if you ever hear the the term or the phrase uh, bottle conditioning, they're, they're talking about um, carbonating it. So anyway, that's the kind of crash course. So then the other thing is, is filling in the can. And so, yeah. th- so when you're filling a can – It'll go underneath a bunch of fill heads. They'll purge. So it's a process called purging. So CO2 is heavier than air. They'll shoot a bunch of CO2 into the can. It forces the air out of the top. Then they'll fill it. And then you want foam. Yep, the foam's yeah. hoping to keep the oxygen out as you seal. Yes. Yeah. And then the then the lid gets dropped on the top. It gets sealed in it, and that's. But it can, it can never prevent it from exactly. going. Exactly. And so, Alan, you want to kind of expand upon that? So pretty much it's in your beer, all processes. Um, when companies, everybody should be testing for it, and you should be testing it at all these points to see if you have a problem area. If you have a problem area, there's ways they can go about fixing it. Um, when they get to the can testing, certain um, companies actually have things that will shake the beer up for you, and that will incorporate any oxygen that's actually in the can into the beer that will eventually be in the beer so you can get a true reading on the total dissolved oxygen um and and really that's the way you want to do it because you don't want product going out into the world that's not up to your standard you don't want people cracking your beers rating at that 0.25 on untapped saying dude this is trash and i'll tell you i've had old ipas and they've been gross and I've had sometimes old IPAs where, you know, you can tell they're a little off, but not really. But there's a couple beers I thought I hated because I had a bad can. And I went and rated them horribly on tapped. And then I tried them again on draft. And I was like, what the hell was going on? Yeah. And so that's why. So that's the other typical thing. So people are always like, oh, man, draft is always so much better than packaged beer. And that's one of the major reasons because it's so much easier. So you got to think about the legit. So this is like a thing that just like doesn't come into a drinker's mind. So it's like mo- a closed system. Well, right. But most companies have a keg washer. And so the keg keg washer washes the keg, cleans the keg, drains the keg, and then it purges the keg. And the purge is most of the time on a keg is far superior to that on a can. Yeah. If the brewery doesn't have their, their packaging line, dialed in properly and there's all kinds of packaging lines too you know that's where you really get into the money you spend and not every brewery can afford that top of the line machine that maybe gets you those percentages higher that don't seem like they're a lot but they can be a lot well so that's the other thing too is i I forget the name of the book and i probably should have done that research prior to this podcast however there is a book and it covers this kind of stuff and one of the things that the book mentioned is that so We'll get a little bit technical here and then and then I'll kind of get away from it. But essentially, like the industry standard. So the year is now 2022. So let's just go 2009. 
Yeah. In that era, the industry standard for dissolved oxygen in the package was like 400 ppb. So that's parts per yeah. billion. So now for like New England IPAs and pretty much most breweries in general, because the freshness that oxidation harms is most noticeable in the New England IPA because it is dry hopped heavily and the dry hop dry hopping process um, extracts oils that are very volatile. And because they are volatile, they are susceptible to oxidation and yeah. they're sensitive, essentially. Volatile yes. means sensitivity. Exactly. Same thing with the yeast that's floating around. Right. And so because of that, they're very sensitive to that. Whereas like a stout or something else, a beer that's brewed differently is not so susceptible to those. Yeah. But essentially dissolved oxygen is bad for all styles of beer. It's just more most, I would say, I would argue most noticeable in the New England. Yeah, you're going to notice it because the hops and the yeast are really your flavor flavor makers in an IPA right. and that's what they're attacking. So they're essentially attacking that flavor that's in that beer. Right. And and degrading it on it. You. They're yeah. degrading it. Yep. Exactly. And so like, so for example, that's why you could have like, for if you had a, a, a can of beer that was packaged cold, stored cold and had 300 PPV New England IPA, but you cracked that bad boy a week after it was canned, it's probably still phenomenal. But now you take that same can, you put it to the distributor, and then it goes to the the supermarket or the bottle shop yep. or wherever you get it. Now you pick it up, and it's been stored at like 95 degrees, that oxidation process. So oxidation gets accelerated as temperature increases. And so what could have lasted you know, six months has now been oxidized. And seriously, as little it's as five It's actually a sliding – it's a sliding scale. So, like, if it's in I, – I work in tractor trailers, and people don't understand – how hot they can amplify a temperature, even in like 70 degree weather, that trailer is amplifying the heat and just amplifying that temperature in the short drive from A to B, you know, that can be all it takes sometimes. That's why like you see a lot of the distributors in New Hampshire, they're all refrigerated trucks moving them around. Um, When it gets to the store, you know, depending on the brewer, the people, the requirements they try to say, um, they may go into a refrigerator. They may go onto a normal well, let me shelf. pause you right there. So you're talking about the truck. Some of the warehouses are not refrigerated. You're correct. Some are, some are not. Right. So so I think that's enough down down the rabbit hole. We're, we'll get back to the rating, I hope. We, could, the, have, we could have an hour-long talk about well, so this. So I just wanted to kind of set the stage. And for our, for our listeners, thank you if you are consistently listening to the podcast. Because I think you'll be delighted when we get really deep dive into this with Alex and, a, and Ben in about yeah. a month's time. And I think this just gives like a little insight on when we're starting to talk about date and where you buy it and the way they had it stored. Um, one of the big off notes you'll start getting too when you have something that's picking up a lot of dissolved oxygen, you'll start to get like a cardboard taste. Yeah, paper. So if you're getting like that, that that's probably what's starting to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. We could go we could go on and on about that, but this is like why I get so passionate about this because I had no idea about any of these kind of concepts until I started working in the industry. And then I saw because one of the frustrating I, I'm no longer in the industry, but when I was, it was really frustrating to see some of the people kind of knock your beer. And you can knock a beer for any number of reasons. But you got to understand, like, there's not a brewer, I don't think, in the entire industry that gets up in the morning and be like, man, I'm going to make a shitty beer. No. But there's just so many variables from start to finish. And we could we could do an entire episode just on, on the amount of things that could go wrong. Yep. 
and it takes a, it takes a really good processes. It takes a really skilled person and it takes real dedication to get that consistency. I think part of Chris's passion, he's also worked the canning line. Yeah. Troubleshot. This has been my line, job. So, too. yeah. So he's got a little more insight than me and it, it's like a personal, like kind of kick in the teeth. Yeah. Especially if you're putting it out there, you know, cause you know, nobody knows that my name was on some of that stuff, but I'm like, dude, I know that you, so. dr- if I drank a beer and I was like, dude, this beer was shit. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Pretty that much. That never happened, but still it, it would have well, maybe a couple of times. It could have. So, uh, all right. So we've already kind of dug we've, into, we've into number four. Yeah. Info. We've been drinking number four while we've been talking here. Alan's out of number four. I see it. I, I, I see drank it number four because Chris, Chris was talking quite a bit and Shot I was it. enjoying the lecture um, and I actually was really enjoying number four. And if I looked at the lineup to start, I would have told you this was probably going to be my least favorite. Yeah, it was not. It was like pretty clear. This was, this was, you know, I'd hop in the boat, drive 100 miles an hour and not blink an eye. Because you you're almost could see through it 100% clear. I could still pass the DMV test looking through this. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. It wasn't quite, you know, your 100% no particulates clear, but it was close. Mm. And I'll tell you, I drink with my eyes, and those tend to be my least favorite. Um, this, this one was pleasantly surprising. Uh, and I'm going to put this ahead of two and three. I'm still contemplating in my head if it's ahead of one, but it quite possibly could be. I'll rate um, first. I'm ready. You're going to go ahead? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll yeah. let you so rate, Chris. I think, I think it's actually going to overtake number one for me. That, I think that's where I was going, and the only reason I was doubting myself was the visual appeal, and I'm just trying to get that out of my head just because, you know, that, that haze factor to me sometimes just makes me lure towards them. And this one, I, you know what? It's It's changed my thought process so far. Yeah, so that's a whole other debate and probably a whole other podcast onto itself. Oh, that's yeah, whether that's whether it time. needs to be hazy to be a New England IPA. It does not. It, I yeah, I would yeah, I, I'm with you on that camp. It does not. So I'm gonna go six point eight. I think this one's gonna slightly edge number one for me. Um, the aroma, even after all of this time, was really good. It actually, so I'm kind of looking at my glasses. It's the first one, number one and number four, if you look at your it number may, one. Yeah, it maintained some lacing, and number yeah. one maintained the lacing, too. The other the other guys, you know, it wasn't quite there. I just didn't like, um, for me, it was kind of more along the lines of that, that dank hop profile. Yeah. Um, but, I, felt, I felt it was like a cross. Like, I got a little early citrus note, but I got... Towards the dank cell, towards the end. Well, what I really liked is it, it had that um, grassy breadiness, man. I really liked that. So the thing I enjoyed about this one too, so far out of the four, is this the one was the one that I felt like if I poured in a can, I could crush the can. Like the first three, maybe because oh, you're shotgunning haze. this guy. Well, I don't think I'm shotgunning it, but I think you know I, I think poured, you are. No, I don't know about that one. Um, I feel like if I poured it in the can in the glass, which is typical for me, um, I'm going to have a lot quicker time drinking it, uh, just because the gravity of the beer felt a lot lighter. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it was it was more of like what I would call a crushable beer. Um, I feel like summer days, this one might have scored a little higher for me sitting outside in the sun. Well, so yeah, so in addition to flavor, right? So a lot of people are like, "Oh, I don't drink dark beer," and it's like. Do you understand that like Guinness is actually pretty light in yeah, mouthfeel? Yeah, Guinness, Guinness is quite 
quite light and delightful. Right, like dry Irish stout is not heavy at all. No. It just has a dark color, and so like that naturally tends people towards heavy. But it's the same kind of thing with like the IPA is like almost like the more hazy it is, it's like the more kind of sticky and yep. heavy, and you're just kind of like you feel no, it in really, your chest. Honestly, it really is. What's that? What's that? Uh, that Saturday night, I'm feeling a bit verklempt. Yeah, all over. Yeah, I'm feeling it in my chest. Yeah. So, so I didn't. What do you got for a I didn't throw my score out there yet. I'm gonna go seven two. I got to go a little higher than my last oh, guy. All right. So I determined. Yes, I'm going outside the hay zone. Uh, that's seven duh. Seven duh. So all right. So now we're into number five. Final number five. So number five is the lightest of what I would call the full hazy. Yeah, um, straw. Yeah, and, and it's more towards like the yellow straw. I'd say the, the front three were more um, orange, and this is more of like the yellow. It's like that. It's like um, it's like springtime hay bales when you're yeah. Them. Yeah, that's what it looks like. That's the color. Maybe like a lemonade slush. Yeah, yeah, yep. I agree. I'm actually getting um, some good good notes still off the the flavor on this one from the smell. Probably outside of number one, the strongest I'm getting, but it's not in number one's range of the, of the smell, at least. To me, it's got a good aftertaste, but the finish, so right before the aftertaste, the finish is harsh. Yeah, I'm just starting to drink this, and I'm, yeah, it's leaving like, I, when you're saying harsh, I feel like dries out your palate a little bit. Yeah. It's almost almost like I want to say bitter, but not. Well, yeah. It's a sharp, intense bitterness, like right at the end. And that's actually something a lot of people enjoy. They like to break up, you know, the citrus with the bitter and experience the spectrum. Well, I think I think I'm going to tell you that's not what I enjoy. I think all the Hayes bros forget about the IBU wars. So IBU stands for International Bittering Unit. And just prior to the Hayes Bros being like the basically being like the dominant popular style among craft beer drinkers, it was the West Coast IPA, which was how bitter could you make your beer as measured by IBUs. And brew, the, 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 the shtick was brewing companies would literally be like, this is 120 IBUs. It would be so bitter, you'd just be like, uh, it cr- it'd give you a pretty headache. much be like the Keystone commercials where they used to go bitter beer face, and that was like a negative because it was bad beer. But that's what they were going for. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, I refused when I I got into craft beer. I was all about like the dark beer, the wheat beers, yeah. um, like your German beers. I was all about that because I've had the uh, the West Coast IPAs. Like I, the first IPAs I had was like Harpoon. And that is not a favorite to me. I do not like that harsh bitter. And I was unaware of the New England style for a while. And people are like, oh, you got to try IPAs. And I'm like, I fucking hate IPAs. They are bitter and gross. Literally had another, a different friend, my my friend, Big Mike. Shout out. Yep. Shout Shout out out Big Mike. Shout out to the Big Mike, the big man. But literally in college, this kid couldn't stop talking shite to me about how cruddy IPAs were as he was sitting across the room crushing Bush Light uh, 20-pack bottles for nine, $9.99 each. I'm like, Mike, that's garbage. And if, but- if no one here knows Big Mike, Big Mike, when he says taunting him or talking shit, he means talking shit 
Big Mike's specialty is talking shit. <laughs> I've only met Big Mike like two or three times, and I can already tell you he's one of the top five shit talkers that I've ever met. He's pretty good, and that's saying something coming from a man that works seven years in corrections. Exactly. Yeah, so Big Mike is pretty good at – yeah. But So now Mike loves the IPAs, but he loves the New England IPA, which yep. is different from those old West Coast styles. So. I tell you, my, my first actual New England IPA uh, was seven years ago, a trip with a few of my guys I work with at Walmart, and we hit up Treehouse. He's like, well, well I'll go, and it was – Two of our first times, and one other guy had been there before, and it just happened to be the first day they released King Julius in like four years. So it was, you know, a pretty good introduction to IPAs. Such a nut hugger. I'll tell you, at that point, I traded one of those King Juliuses for Three Hill Farmstead and two other treehouse that had not been out in a while. All right. So what do you normally thinking? nowadays I would trade one for one. That was in my early days of craft beer trading. Yeah. What are you thinking on number five? So I tell you I got some thoughts, but I got some thoughts here. It's not the worst for me. It's certainly not. I don't know about you. You could you could feel differently. Um, yeah. It's certainly not the best. Um, I agree. Not the best. I'm gonna put this. I believe. It might be third. It might be fourth, depending on what the score gives. I'm not 100%. I got the scores in front of me, so. Nah, I'm going to go with what I feel in my gut with this score. Because I know it's not at the bottom. I know it's not at the top. I'm just going to put it where I feel. I'm going to go 6.7 on this one. Wow. Are you really? Yep. I already wrote my score down. I I actually scored it the same. 6.7. Wow. Yeah. This This is the first IPA we scored the same today. It is. It is. It is. It is. All right. So for me, I'm going to go over my rankings. At number one, I got four. At number two, I got five. At number three, I got one. So that's, I think, the only place we alternate is I have one ahead of five. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll go over that. I'm getting there. I'll let you get there. All right, so I got I got four. Across this table. I got well, I got to read the numbers here. So I got four, and then I got uh, five, and then I got one, and then I got three, and then that leaves number two, standing alone at the bottom. So that's yeah four five one three two for me. Allen's going. I believe I went four one five, three two. You went four. You went one. Five, maybe no. Four, one, three. Three, five, two. Three, five, and then two. Man, so one of the cool things is so we swapped we swapped a couple. So we both had number four as the winner. Yeah. We both I had number five as number two. You had number one as number two, but I was right behind you with number one at number three. Uh and then you had three at number three. I had three at number four. Um, and I can I can tell you I already know what beer four is, and I would have not told you this was going to be the winner is starting this one. How do you know what number four is? Just by the color. Are you absolutely positive? One hundred percent positive. All right, so let's do the reveal so we know what uh, what beers are what. So we'll go one. We'll go in order. Just for the record, I'm going to go on the list and say number four was um, Whirlpool. All right, all right, all right. We're gonna we're, we'll see what it is. I could be wrong. 
You could be wrong. I, I, I kind of hope you are. We'd be we, hilarious. We have the envelope right here. Open so we're doing, the envelope. Um, we're doing a little bit of like an award show style Hopefully thing you're here. not like Steve Harvey and call the wrong winner. Well, that would not be my fault. That would be um, our assistant, Alexis, my fiance. All right, so what is beer number one? Beer number one is Finback's Citra Drop. Or Citra Drip, my apologies. Citra Drip. Yep. By Finback. Number two. Number two. Coming out of Portland. Definitive Gravity Palace. And I'll tell you, this one definitely has lost a step because I've had this one, the other three cans, and I really actually enjoyed it compared to what it came out today. Okay. And then what we got, number three? Number three, uh, Toppling Goliath, King Sue. And this is another one that I've had a few times, multiple times, and I feel like it's just lost a step today. All right. Number four? Number four. This is the unanimous number one? Yeah. Night Shift Whirlpool. Wow. Whirlpool. Number five is going to be a surprising finish for this one would be uh, Concord Craft Safe Space. Wow. Right. You know, they're really holding their own in this lineup. I if if you asked me to rate these beforehand, I would have had King Su one followed by possibly the other two, and then you know it would have been a duke out between Night Shift and Concord Craft at the end. But and that shows you a little bit of you know brand loyalty, maybe thinking that ahead of time, but drinking them a little blind, I tell you, certainly kind of speaks for itself all right so we're, we're, i'll go a, a quick hit re recap so alan and i were both in agreement that number four was it so that's a unanimous decision number one. Oh, 100 so number four was whirlpool by night shift so that's that's pretty cool you can get that at any place that's in on new the hampshire, shelves at new market England, basket yeah. you know yeah. liquor stores i listen so you can get that anywhere in new hampshire and then as far out as the cape too i used to work at a liquor store on the cape stock and shelves yeah, yeah. And so, number two, Alan had, at number two, Alan had Finback, Citra Drip, and I had Concord Craft Safe Space. So, so that's so that's pretty good. Concord Craft is pretty fresh, too. This is a pretty fresh can looking at the date, because I'm right now ripping off the paper on these. And we had a date of um, canning on Concord Craft at 1-5 with a timestamp of 10-26 in the morning. And a note of cloud fruits. Nice. Shout out Uncle T <laughs> over there at Concord Craft. I don't think Get he it? listens to the show. They're doing some good stuff up there, man. Especially now that they're really, they've really, I feel like they've dialed safe space in. Yeah. Yeah. And so at number, so we had that, that slight disagreement there. You had number uh, number one, Finback Citra Drip, and I had safe space. So then I had Finback Citra Drip at number three. And then at number three, you had the toppling Goliath King Sue. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you, actually, for the date on on the Whirlpool, the Whirlpool, you got a 12-14 date right here, which is it's only a little over a month old, f five weeks, which is still in the sweet spot. Um, but that's, you know, holding out quite nice. You know, I'll tell you what, again, from, from my time at Mystic Brewery, the vertical tastings that I did – the, the sweet spot Isn't was like two four, to four. Yeah, two to well, yeah, two to four. Yeah, so five weeks. That's pretty good. I think some. I think that's also like a rough guess too, because some, it is really rough. Because it's based on that brewery. So like for yeah. Mystic, I'd say like that's probably good. But 
every brewery is going to start their canning process at probably a slightly different whoa, time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And that's a whole nother topic I'm yeah. going to go with. Yep, yep, it is. So coming in, so we just covered number three. Coming in at number four, for me, this is where I put King Sue from Toppling Goliath, and then you were at Concord Craft Safe Space. So we were kind of right in the same area, whereas I had Safe Space number two, you had it number four. Yeah. You know, we kind of swapped a little and, bit. We'll put I'll it in the social you, media graphic for comparison, but and, we were pretty close on here. And every beer, I know I know you bought your beers cold, right? Yep. So um, the Definitive and the King Sue were cold, and the Citra Drip was warm. And I normally won't buy warm beer, but I did this time. Um, the They had a date on the bottom, but the, uh, the date – coder just it was just too blurry to read you can't read the phrase or anything under the citra drip yeah and then coming in at a unanimous dead last sorry for the boys up at definitive dude i actually really like this brewery i was disappointed to see him coming in dead last and, but hey, hey, hey in the sample size in the well, sample size. and i'll check i'll check Doesn't the date on bad. the beer and everything but i will tell you personally i enjoyed the first three cans of this and if I see fresh cans of this, I would buy it again, just from speaking of the other three I drank. And it was really surprising to me uh, comparing it to these other ones where I rated it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm actually, I'm just, I'm really happy that we varied in the middle. I'm glad that we had a unanimous last place and a unanimous first place. So you can't I, I think really it was, get some argument. No, I think it was pretty clear drinking them, which was the best and which was the worst. Yeah. And, um, Whirlpool was nice, man. So something something on the Toppling Goliath that I actually like is they must have done some testing on their products in the past. So if you've never had a Toppling Goliath, they're coming out of Iowa. So it's quite a haul to get their beer out to New Hampshire, um, Massachusetts. You can get it in most of the New England states, I believe. Um, they're going to put the canned on date, and then they're going to put the Best Buy date on the bottom. So they're going to have both, which I'm assuming if you're bold enough to put a Best Buy date that you've done some testing, you know, we're on the downward slope and you don't want to buy these after that. Right. So this, the King Sue was canned 1210 and they have a Best Buy date of 49. So they're anticipating their beers will essentially last 120 days in that ballpark. Yeah, I think that that's fair, and I think that that's safe. So listen, one one final disclaimer: Chris's eight week rule is that that's why I call it Chris. That's, that's, that's not Chris. saying it's it's bad to buy it. I if yeah. you're gonna drink the four pack that day, yeah, go ahead and buy something older than eight weeks. But you know, most of us sometimes you're not crushing a four pack in a day. It might sit there a little longer, especially if you know you have the beer fridge in the basement. And when you're buying it at eight weeks or later, now by the time you drink that fourth beer, you might be, you know, on the decline. And, and these beers aren't cheap. Yeah. You know, your, your average IPA is going to be about $5, I'd say, these days a can. Yeah, it's going to be about. In any, that ballpark. Yeah, I would say anywhere from 15 to $22 a four pack, depending yeah. on what you're buying. Yep. It's, it's, it's and, easy and, all day. And lately, you know, you're getting a lot of 25 bangers based on where they're distributing out of, what they charge the distributors, what, you know, everybody's going to make some money here. So you're getting a lot of even $25 four packs at the uh, Depending stores. on what you're buying. Yeah. yeah. Like I know there's quite a few that come up at 25 and if it's a good beer, I don't, I don't mind paying it. I prefer to pay less 
And that's why a few other beers usually will get my money because there's a few qualities out there that you can get $15, $16. Well, it's too bad that there's massive inflation in 2022, Alan. Sorry. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So anyway, listen, check it out. I think we're going to wrap it up on that note. Check us out on Instagram at Bald Guy Beer Reviews, Facebook at Bald Guy Beer Reviews. You can email us at Bald Guy Beer Reviews. That's plural with an S, Bald Guy Beer Reviews, all one word, all lowercase at gmail.com let us know what you think talk some shit to us let me know what your opinion is something like hey chris you're a bozo or hey chris you were spot on or hey chris i hate that beer or hey alan your head looks amazing even though it's just a picture i don't know or alan your reviews are incredible no but listen tell alan, us what we you love think. your silky soft voice tell us what you think you have an idea for an episode you want to be on an episode all those things definitely hit us up you know, maybe when we hit a uh, hundred subscribers on in, uh, Instagram, we'll give a giveaway or something like that. That's we have that potential. We have some beer in reserve, but we get some good things coming up. We get some barrel age Hill Farmstead. We get some other things. So definitely stick in for next time. I hope you guys enjoy this. It's going to be more than just this episode for blind IPA testing. We're going to do some more, uh, whether you like it or not. See ya.